0: How you doing? Better than me. Welcome to the Common Briefing Program. A part of the Common Geeking program where uh, one of your hosts has had COVID for the whole week and just found out. Oh, really? So that's awesome. Yeah, oh, man. Wow. That's,
1: that's rough, yeah. Colin, irresponsible. You told us it, this yeah. before we before you didn't tell us this before we came into our yeah. studio. And, and we're not recording even recording together.
0: Completely unventilated, totally unmasked, um, <laughs> laughing so much at each other now i really you, honestly you the biggest problem no is i've just been how
1: un how unventilated my situation is right now,
0: <laughs> <laughs> now the biggest problem... i could get a computer virus from talking to you you could you could um biggest problem honestly is that i'm tired which is why i am so eager to get into the geek news because holy holy heck in hell did january 2022 start off with a series of bangs i've got a lot to talk about uh, and I think you guys too. Who are you guys? Uh, I'm Jeff, and
1: uh, my, my thing for today is that uh, I forgot that my my girlfriend had class online this week in our tiny one-room apartment. So to uh, to accommodate my recording setup, if my no. audio sounds horrible and echoey, it's because I am currently sitting in a bathtub with the door closed in our bathroom. Woo! Because it is the only room in our house with a door. <laughs> so, I do I guess to if you I you up... like, cover yourself up in a blanket. Yeah, my phone's at least sitting on a shirt, but...
0: That Star Trek podcast that I did some editing for that, that I am now professionally associated with, they actually have random bonus episodes that end up being recorded in bathtubs just by, like, a roll of dice. <laughs> um, so, like, I've been, like, in my efforts to get closer and closer to them as a production, like, assistant person... Jeff, you have really, like, helped me go another step up that ladder yeah, uh, by go. doing I... an impromptu bathtub recording. So thank you so much exactly. for this now opportunity. Exactly. You
1: can, now you can put that shit on your
0: resume as uh, a bathroom I'm going bathtub to ex- editor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bat- bathtub
2: editor is just such a strange title. <laughs>
0: uh, who else is, is, is in the group with us? Who else have I, I just infected?
2: I'm Timel or Chowder. Whichever you prefer. Uh, my thing for today is I'm deep into Pokemon Legends Arceus and uh, yeah, oh, yeah, now my every waking moment is just going, I, should, I could be playing Pokemon right now. I'm in class, <laughs> I could be playing Pokemon right now. I'm doing homework, I could be do, playing Pokemon right now. Uh, I'm doing this podcast, I'm playing Pokemon right now. Honestly,
0: you know? if you were playing Pokemon for like the entire times that Jeff and I are talking, it's unlikely anybody would notice um, I feel I'm like not I saying played you, sh- Pokemon you should do we that. I've definitely. Least, destined I remember we were one time recording. during a
1: podcast episode, there was like some weird ass like promotional live stream for the last Pokemon game that released that I was uh-huh. definitely watching. ...during recording an episode yeah. for the podcast. Yeah. Oh,
2: oh, that that one where it's like 24 like hours it was, and it was, then you get... Yeah, it was just 24
1: like, hours and it was basically mm. just something might show up in the wood and re,
2: in the woods and reveal a new Pokemon. That's yeah. still so, puzzling to me, but yeah. No, like, Pokemon so, Legends, RCS, Ar- it's not like even yeah. a great game, like, it's not like Breath of the Wild, mind-blowing but it's pretty solid, pretty good. And like, uh, the it's the first loop...
0: significant evolution on a very addictive franchise in a long time. So I yeah. imagine that regardless of overall game quality, those that are susceptible to that hook are yeah. very yeah. susceptible.
2: Like the game, the gameplay loop is very engrossing. Cause like, you're constantly like hunting down Pokemon, trying to fill out like these goals on your Pokedex, like catch this many of this Pokemon, sneak up uh. on this Pokemon this many times, feed Feed, feed a Pokemon this kind of food. It, it's it's a lot of that and, like, a lot of just exploring uh, your environment. And uh, that's
0: That sounds a lot like—and I'm not going to talk much about it in the episode, so I feel comfortable just jumping on it. There was uh, the guys who made Guacamelee, Drinkbox Studios. They just dropped um, Nobody Saves the World, which is, like, a, a Zelda-like uh, RPG with some Diablo twists. And it is just, like, the entire game is just— grinding out quests for all the like dozen different characters you can play but it's so bite-sized and so repeatable and so rewarding that i'm just like god damn i've never been so excited to have a checklist of dumb shit to do you know yeah,
2: yeah exactly <laughs> it's a checklist of dumb shit that i enjoy and it's f- it's fun yeah, that's, uh, it's that's eventually fun. And, how and pokemon also, go
1: turned to keeping people like staying involved yeah. with it too is adding tasks and stuff like that and yep, and that's also yep.
2: just like the moment you get like a rideable pokemon uh, the game turns into Skyrim, where you're just trying to mash yourself <laughs> up mountains. Just
0: yeah, like horse horse strafe up like eighty-eight degree walls. Exactly. Yeah.
2: It's-
0: no, that sounds like fun. I think, I, mean, I think we've all been having some fun playing some video games this month, and I've got a lot of video game news to talk about. So uh, just in case I do collapse from the horrible plague inside of my body, uh, I'm going to go first, which is customary, but I'm going to do it in case I need to fall asleep. So let's jump right in. Um, so this month, I'm going to start with a little bit of wholesome news, and then I'm going to ha- tell you four stories that are exactly the same. So, buckle up. There was something very entertaining that happened in Destiny this past month. And it's not like the nitty-gritty, like, oh, people are upset about this bit of the ecosystem. I think this is, like, hilarious, wholesome, and, like, something everybody can can understand uh, to some degree. So, I would like to introduce you to the term called Project Saved New Lights. Little context, New Light is the name of somebody that has just joined the game for the first time. If you're a new light in the fiction that means that you've just been like resurrected or whatever and you're starting your adventure. And normally the way the game works is you start at the first story mission and go through the tutorial stuff. Seems like a pretty reasonable starting point for a game. Well, checks out. There was there was a little mini sort of expansion pack recently celebrating Bungie the studio's 30th anniversary and it has a special event that uh, when you first launch the game, like for me, like I signed in when the expansion came out and it launched me right into the content. Uh, Like before I did anything else, I'm like, oh, cool, it's throwing me right into the new stuff. Here's the problem. For those new lights firing up the game for the very, very first time, if they bought this expansion, before it even gave them a tutorial, it put them in this new game mode called Dares. (laughs) Oh, uh, no. Where they were all A, A, Underleveled significantly to the point where they can do almost no damage to enemies. (laughs) B, do not have a heavy weapon, which is the highest damage dealing type of weapon you can have. And C, are matched against enemies that need very specific mods to fight against. And And Bungie was like Wait,
1: also, and have not been taught how to play the game?
0: Question mark? Have not been taught how to play the game at all. So if you were just like, uh, my friends told me to get into Destiny, and we plunk down 30 bucks to get this expansion, jump in, bam, what the fuck is happening? So Project Save New Lights was born, where essentially Bungie was like, hey guys, uh, we're not going to be able to fix this for like another two weeks, so please go rescue these people. And the community fucking rallied around this and people would intentionally <laughs> lower their power level to make sure they would get matched with these new players and rescue them to get them through the mission, get them rewards so that they can play the game <laughs> normally. And God, just just, uh, just starting yesterday, uh, I got my reward. Everyone who jumped in and did that, uh, they get a little emblem saying, like, you save the new life. It's
2: like DBZ where it's like, we got to lower our power levels. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just like. When the issue was first,
0: like, burbling up, like, guys, I think the game's busted because the new lights aren't the people in the community that are voicing Uh things on Twitter. They're just like, let me try this game. Oh, this sucks. Bye. So it took a while for people to notice, and it suddenly became the community focus. Everybody that, like, is big in the Destiny community was talking about it. It was just a regular thing. Let's get on. Let's go save some people from dares, and you meet all these new players and have a great time. It's you just know, heartwarming and wholesome to see, like, something that can be solved by the community. And it's just, like, yeah. nobody was like, Bunchy fucking sucks. Everyone was like, let's go play this game. It was meta never, and funny and loving and cool. I loved it. I'm
1: never surprised when, you know, there's some story about how, like, a lot of members of an online community or like an online game community are just like really really shitty but it's always nice to i always i'm always pleasantly surprised when it when it goes the other way and it's just like yeah oh yeah it turns out it a was... group of people who don't know each other online decided to be really altruistic
0: like that's fucking cool it, yeah. It was it was like a universally positive response.
2: I'm so used to like gamers just being like elitist gatekeeper yeah, yeah. nonsense. <laughs> I think that, like,
0: Bungie has been doing a lot with Destiny to try to get rid of those like elitist barriers, making it harder to catch up. They're trying to make it as welcoming as possible, and this fucking slipped through the cracks, and everyone was like, No, Bungie, <clears throat> we're going to take your lead. We fucking got this. So that was just—I love it. Operation Save New Lights, such a— I don't know, such a unique confluence of very positive things that I haven't seen in a while. Now, for uh, a confluence of very similar things, positive or negative, I guess we'll find out. So, beginning of January, Take Two Interactive, big games publisher, they published Grand Theft Auto. Uh, They bought Zynga, the mobile gaming giant, for like what, $12 billion? Uh, And then Microsoft said, hold my beer. I'm going to buy <laughs> Activision Blizzard Activision. King.
2: Yeah. For almost
0: 70 billion dollars. That was this and month, then, Jesus. And then Sony was like, "Well, I don't have as much money as Microsoft, but I'm going to buy Bungie for 3.6 billion dollars." And then the New York Times was like, oh, right. "We're going to buy Wordle for 1 million dollars."
1: <laughs> I just started uh, playing Wordle yesterday. It's kind of fun. It's
0: lovely. It's it's lovely. It's just a nice little way. I, two days in a row now, I've I've gotten it in two tries, and I feel like a fucking genius. COVID has oh, nice. superpowered me.
1: I got it in four tries the first time, and five tries today.
0: It's a uh, yeah. It's a it's a lovely little time. My so this is a lot of big acquisitions just happened in this past month. Uh, you could uh, chalk it up to you know. Late stage capitalism, everything consolidating, everything will be vertically yeah. integrated, everything's going to be owned wait, by ho- the same three people. All of
1: those things happened this month? God damn. Yeah. The month's yeah, yeah.
0: been a uh, wild the month.
1: Activision one feels like it was like three months ago.
0: Nope. That was like nope. two weeks ago at yeah, most.
1: Nope, damn. That was,
2: that was January. It's a,
1: yeah, it's been a few two weeks for me.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but so, like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not a fan of a lot of the. Or I'm not a fan of this because it's just a sign of, like, the industry getting smaller and, like, just a few big guys controlling everything.
0: I have some some comments on each of these that I think makes... Uh, Obviously, the big picture is spooky in that regard because it's just any time that stuff gets consolidated like this, there are a lot of worries about what the anti-competitive nature is going to be in terms of its impact on consumers. It's almost universally bad to some degree. You usually see studio closures. You see a lot of stuff. But uh, of these four acquisitions, the one I know the least about was the first, which was the Take-Two Interactive one, which was the largest games acquisition, I think, in history for like a week (laughs) <laughs> and, and microsoft. before microsoft blew it out of the fucking Oof. water but but the comments, the, the things to think about here uh take two interactive uh, we haven't seen a lot of their biggest stuff drop lately they're no not just for grand theft auto but like they also published borderlands and um bioshock some franchises that either have been dormant or not as active like borderlands 3 came out there hasn't been a lot going on with borderlands aside from the tiny tina thing that's coming out um so it, it seems like for them, it's like, let's get a more consistent revenue stream with Zynga because they have so many, you know, Facebook and mobile games. That's just a consistent revenue stream. That kind of makes sense. Then we look at Microsoft. Microsoft has been on a buying spree for years. And if you look at how much this cost, Microsoft had somewhere like from like 150 to $170 billion just sitting there. And they spent half of it. This Activision acquisition that is about to undergo mm-hmm. review by the FTC, it's cash. This is not like stock options. This is not like spinning stuff off. Jeez. They're dropping almost $70 billion just straight up paying for the company. And then it's theirs. Uh, the merger see, likely won't be complete until 2023 I'm really mm-hmm. curious
1: to see how that affects all of the other you know, nonsense that's been going on with Activision for the past several months. I think
0: it's explicitly because of that.
1: Well, yeah, for sure. I'm just curious about how it's going to change it, or if it's going to. What
0: we've heard about it so far is uh, they're sort of the two sides of the conversation. One of the sides with the Microsoft thing is Game Pass, console exclusivity, all that sort of thing, because when they bought Bethesda, uh, we know that some Bethesda games, they're all on Game Pass. Some of them are going to not be on PlayStation Uh, So people like with Activision, I mean, you're talking, we've been talking about Activision a lot lately. We're talking all the Blizzard games, all the Call of Duty games, a bunch of huge, huge, huge shit that they're trying to use to bolster the Game Pass library. They're trying to make the deal like, you know, impossible to refuse. They are trying to make Game Pass the thing that you need to play games. The other side of things is Microsoft has probably been looking at this for a while and all the shit over the last six plus months that have been plaguing Activision lowers that price a little bit it makes it a little (laughs) easier to for for people to say like okay the people at the top like bobby Kotick, who everybody wants to step down what's happening is during the um during the transition he's remaining as um head of activision blizzard king and afterwards if he were to remain ceo he would report directly to phil spencer But there is no indication that he is going to remain once the merger is complete. Microsoft obviously has no control over Activision until the merger is complete. So I think that people are looking at this as like Microsoft taking advantage of Activision's horrible situation to beef up their library of first-party shit and Game Pass. Yeah. It's just a smart move across the board, but the scope of it— is kind of terrifying because now and, yeah. world of warcraft halo and call of duty are all the same group what and, yeah. that's just weird <laughs>
2: that's right. Uh,
0: like on a yeah. superficial level it's weird and when you look deeper it's concerning like yeah
2: and you know the irony of like one guy having minecraft warcraft starcraft <laughs> <too>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and no, especially
2: pretty much. like
1: i mean for unrelated reasons, oh like, mostly companies have been doing this for, like, you know, to, mm-hmm. to kind of hide controversies and stuff like that, yeah. but, like, the kind of continuing trend of more and more companies, like, taking the uh, company's name off of their games, to someone who's, like, not yeah. watching so closely, you might not even, like, realize... Mm-hmm that all of your games are owned by the same company in the same sort of way that, like, you know, yeah, I, I don't totally realize, unless I, like, really look into it, like, how many of the products I buy at the supermarket are owned by, like, Pepsi or Coca-Cola, you know? Yeah. You just know no, the exactly ones that right. are the obvious ones.
0: <laughs> Cause, and on the yeah. one hand, Microsoft has, has definitely been... Uh, improving their street cred when it comes to them running studios they had some pretty Mm -hmm. high profile closures for a long time specifically with their acquisitions but since like 2016 there's been a lot of goodwill and so people are hoping that like maybe microsoft can step in and fix this but it's still you know the second biggest company in the world making one of the biggest acquisitions in history
2: so what's microsoft's record with like sexual harassment, uh toxic work environment there
0: haven't been any particular Scandals, Um, as far as toxic workplace stuff, I mean, the the biggest issues that you've seen, I think, can be found around their closures, but I don't think that was necessarily toxic workplace. I think, honestly, Halo Infinite's one of the best examples because it went through, like, a six-year development hell, because that's twice as long as, like, any other Halo game before it and it's just a lot of like mismanagement and stuff. Nothing to the level of like abuse, even that we heard from like Bungie, which was relatively tame compared to the shit we've heard from Activision. So as far as we can tell, Microsoft runs a tight ship. Then again, they're a fucking juggernaut. Yeah. I don't, I, we don't know how deep it goes. And to Jeff's point and about like, you don't know how all these things are connected. I mean, think about what ha- happened with Activision. A couple of guys get in trouble, and suddenly a beloved library of games is tainted. How much bigger is that going to get if Microsoft blows it?
2: <laughs> yeah, really. And it, it should also be noted that like Activision, probably Activision Blizzard's probably going to have. A lot of independent leeway. The the same way that like Disney doesn't look over yeah. Marvel Comics's sh- act based
0: prime. Yeah, I I think it's more of an uh, like a, a like primarily just a financial game top to bottom. But that actually yeah. leads me to the third acquisition, which is Sony buying Bungie this came out of left field and it came right after the microsoft thing where people were like is this retaliation like is sony butt hurt? so they bought the studio that made microsoft a big name in gaming because for those who don't know <laughs> bungie also developed halo which is the only reason the xbox succeeded um yeah really so and they were owned by microsoft until 2008 they split off and went into uh, independent they had a 10-year publishing deal with activision uh, this act- Okay, this actually is pretty important to the point I want to make about this and why it's such a unique deal. Um, when Bungie split from Microsoft, they did not retain the rights to Halo. So they made two more Halo games after the split, ODST and Reach. But then Microsoft spun up their own studio, 343, uh, and they make Halo now, and they lost it. So in 2010, Bungie signed a publishing deal with Activision. It expired in 2019, and... Um, That publishing deal was for Destiny, and it had a very unique clause, which is we will retain the rights to Destiny when this agreement is over. Um, So Bungie has been independently publishing Destiny since 2019. So Destiny 2, a game that just added 20 million players to its roster, is technically an indie game, which is hilarious to me. So Sony buying them is kind of like a big surprise, like, you guys don't like being acquired. You guys want to be an independent studio, but you're being bought by Sony. And the alarms went off right off the bat because part of the publishing agreement under Activision gave PlayStation timed exclusives. When you're talking about, like, an MMO-style game like Destiny, that feels really bad when, like, 60% of the players... Can't play stuff that's supposed to be part of this single coherent world because only PlayStation has access to it. And immediately everybody was like, Sony, don't fuck us again. Sony, don't fucking split the gamer base again. Cause Sony has been using its muscle for years to f- oh,
2: like, and Sony is infamous for this. Like, 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 uh, Street Fighter or Cross Tekken, it like was notorious because like it had these like fighting game characters that were exclusive to like the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. and like you know nobody else could play as those characters and it was like what the fuck so i uh, i'm clearly just getting an inferior thing if i anything other yeah. than the playstation version
0: and so- yeah. sony has tried to use their success in the console hardware space because they outsell the xbox by quite a bit since the uh, last generation of consoles began so they they've c- consistently used that mu- muscle to try to stop cross play from happening <laughs> And, like, if it was just their platform, that's one thing. What's frustrated me about Sony is that they have intentionally tried to stymie what other platforms can do using their capital and, you know, political influence within the gaming market. This deal, Bungie came out and said, we are still self-publishing Destiny. It's still going to be the same everywhere. This game is not going to be PlayStation exclusive. There will be no PlayStation exclusive content. Our future games will not be PlayStation exclusive. And, in fact, Sony... Is going to help us expand to more platforms than we currently reach.
2: Which, like, so, all jokes aside, is is good. Like, you know, bungee. It's, it's getting, very good. Getting, getting a stable financial source. And
0: that's that's essentially what it looks like. It, it it seems almost more hands-off than what you were suggesting the Microsoft deal may be. But there's another side to this as well, which is Sony has the ability to make movies and TV shows. And a lot of people are speculating that that is part of the deal here. Bungie wants complete control over Destiny and they have it, which when someone buys you for $3, 6 point $3. six billion billion and they don't get any control over what you're making, that's kind of insane on its own. That like the Activision deal 10 years ago was weird. This is like, how the fuck did they pull that off? Like, do they have mm-hmm. that much leverage to be bought for that much and retain that much control? but we think i mean the the (laughs) perception just seems to be like this is just so that bungie can stay funded expand their studio and get access to um to movie and tv you know uh studios and things like that
2: like i I imagine
0: sony will also learn from bungie how to create and run live service games because bungie has learned very well how to do that yeah and
2: i imagine like what sony's getting out of it is while they'll leave bungie alone to do their video game stuff bungie Leave Sony alone to do their TV and movie stuff. Like yep. this is my line. Uh, you stay yeah. on your video game stuff. I stay on my multimedia empire stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And the last one is Wordle, which I mean, it was just created by what, one dude what, trying one to last make a thing game on
2: the. Sony Bungie on the Bungie
0: Microsoft on the Bungo.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's this is the smallest thing, but I find it hilarious that like uh, Spyro and Crash Bandicoot, who were once the faces of the PlayStation, yeah, now belong to Microsoft while Bungie like <laughs> Microsoft, belongs to Sony, Microsoft Superstar uh, beloved uh, or beloved Superstar belongs to Sony. And it's like, yeah, it stops you world and Nintendo just it's wild just looking over. Nintendo's just like chilling in the back going.
0: Pretty much. And Wordle is just like, I hope that New York Times doesn't pay Wallet. The language around the acquisition seems very much like they're going to eventually, just not right away. Uh, Because Wordle's just a delightful little game, but it was one dude who accidentally created a huge hit, and he was like, I can't run this game. This was not supposed to happen. Uh, So he sold it. Got a cool million? He's good to go. Totally makes yeah, sense on say, all sides. A, but please don't fuck up, Wordle. I like it. It's fun,
1: but if they paywall it, it is not worth it. Oh,
0: fighting. yeah, I'm done. Yeah, no, if they, <laughs> yeah. if they charge for any of it, I'm done. There's no point. Yeah. Um, It's just a pure little experience. Yeah,
2: I mean, New, New York Times, I don't like as an organization because, like, yeah. they paywall the truth, as it were. Like, uh, yeah. like, you know, like, you get a lot of disinformation <sighs> that's free, and New York Times is like, oh, yeah, you got to pay to have the correct and also yep. new yeah. york times just really likes giving platforms to like nazis and shit and it's just like yep yep so
0: i uh, was it tom cotton was he the one that did the big op-ed that had everyone internally being like what the fuck is up with this something like that but um anyway four major acquisitions the the common thread is these companies are just trying to create more stable revenue streams but created a fucking hell of a month yeah
2: I mean, they're really on that. I mean, everyone's on that metaverse shit right now where they're trying to turn their, or like, uh, giant stockpile of IPs into just. Ready Player One? Yeah, Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Cool. Well, that's all I've got. I ran a couple minutes longer than I wanted to. But uh, yeah, those are my stories. But if you're going to think of anything after this, just remember Project Save New Lights was just such a heartwarming thing. Let's move on. Next?
1: Uh I am next. Um, right off the bat as I pull it up in my email, just uh not big news, but just cause it's been a, a trend to kind of follow the updates around the uh the Haslab uh Victory Saber uh crowdfunded project. Uh we got another uh-huh. update where we got to see the packaging art. That's Ooh. it. It's done by Guido Guidi, who's a a longtime uh Transformers comic book artist, and it uh looks pretty cool. But not not big news there just a quick update um next for a couple uh a couple neat announcements that we got this month um we're there guillermo, guillermo del toro is doing a uh a stop motion animated pinocchio series for netflix that uh we got the teaser for this month and it's going to be airing in uh december this year and that looks pretty cool but not a lot about that yet and um
2: yeah I heard the voice they had for <clears throat> Pinocchio and it's and like it is not what I expected yeah. at all it's Wait, who's, so... who's
0: voicing Pinocchio in this cuz No no it's I just, have not it, heard that
2: it's not who's voicing it's just the voice they went with it's like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like I, very... did,
0: well, I saw the teaser that had Ewan McGregor as the cricket. Was there another thing releasing that showed Pinocchio's voice?
1: Ewan McGregor as cricket. David, uh, yeah, I don't see anything about. Oh, uh, Gregory <laughs> Mann as Pinocchio. I don't know. Yeah, that. I mean, I know that.
2: How, how do you describe that voice? It's just like a very, very disinterested gay man. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, how, I'm, yeah, it's I'm not only opposed. I could... <laughs> like, 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 yeah, no, I, I just got a good laugh out of that. Um, but, then, really, but really, but really, if it ain't uh, if he ain't sharpening his arm, ready to who kill zombies in a grim dark world, is it really worth up. bringing Pinocchio back? Yeah, Hell I'm yeah. referencing, For- lines, <laughs> and I'm referencing Ocean, the lines of
1: Beast <laughs> um, And then in other uh, Netflix announcements. We also got. I I don't know if there was any news about this beforehand, but this was the first I saw about it. And it seems like a really quick turnaround from announcement to release. But the uh, they're making a Cuphead animated show, which if you don't know, Cuphead it was, is a, announced, uh, it was announced quite a while ago. Uh, indie game that is like uh, that's inspired by like nineteen thirties cartoons and shit
2: like that. And uh, yeah, it's, especially it's really like you like your cartoons, you know, like, boop, right. It's exactly. And
0: I played it when it came out. In case you don't know, it is notorious for being incredibly difficult. It, yeah. It's like old old school
1: shooter. And like, it's like too. it's got like a big emphasis on like like mechanic heavy boss fights. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really fun that they're making it into an animated series because it, you know, is kind of playing off of that that uh, that cartoon style. And I I hadn't seen anything about it, but it was, I, the trailer at least dropped on, on the 18th of January mm. and it's releasing on the 18th of February, which is in like two yeah. weeks exactly from the air, air date of this episode. That's, and that's pretty cool. It's-
0: yeah, it's much like the original Cuphead which was announced and everyone was like, "Oh my god, this game looks amazing." And it was like radio silence for years and then we're like, "All right, yeah. we're almost done. We promise." That's kind of what it was with the TV show too. It was announced gotcha. some time ago, but I hadn't heard anything of it. I will say about the trailer though. It is it's 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 a little uncanny, but like they are clearly the Cuphead game does an excellent job of mimicking the style of cartoons you were mentioning um yeah. and given that you're dealing in a game engine where things are repeated and move at, you know like as sprites around a place it's maybe yeah. easier i don't want to say easier but potentially less resource intensive to design a handful of old looking animations accurately and yeah. then just have the engine play them out versus this show which is clearly animated in the style of those old uh, of those older cartoons in like their shapes and their motion, but it is very visibly modern-day animation techniques well, because yeah. it's a totally different pipeline, well, and it's it's well, an uncanny yeah. mix of the of a hundred years ago and now. <laughs>
2: I mean, they've done that before, though. Uh, with like the video game, it's like there's this layer of uh, a distance where it's like, yeah, this is old school looking That's true. cartooning, but it's also a video like. You know, a video game looking video game, and you know it's it's two D everything at a single angle, and you know you know the audience is primed to like kind of get, hey, this isn't going to be a perfect recreation by the nature of it being a video game. Here yeah. we well, have I guess like what a.
0: What I, yeah, I think what I'm saying is I think the video game is a closer recreation of the aesthetic in question than the show seems to be, and that's not a bad thing. I, that's just my observation.
1: No, I'm yeah, not, I don't know. I I'm think that the like, animation be, looks. It definitely looks really crisp to me and like yeah. like yeah. it feels like you're right, like they're definitely using modern uh, like animation techniques uh, yeah, and everything because of course like they runs are. a little smoother. But yeah. I love shit like that where it's clear that like the animators are just like having a really fun time homaging things yeah. that they learned oh, yeah, about no, in film absolutely. school, which is really how it I reads agree. to me.
0: <laughs> I no, I agree. It it, it gave me and good like, vibes. The li- it was just a weird thing off the rip. And the yeah, little details
2: that. they uh put in to the uh Tra- or that you can see in the trailers are really good like like uh, for example like characters that are you know like moving and in motion uh, are a different shade than uh, the background because back back in the day when things were animated on cells yeah the, there were there would got, be like, noticeable faded out because
1: of the because of the like transparencies of the
2: thing right exactly so yeah. so they actually like went through the trouble of recreating that there and it's mm-hmm. like yeah yeah i like
0: it yeah it, it doesn't yeah it doesn't look like uh like a perfect recreation it looks like an adaptation in a weird way because it is just like using modern tools to try to do something old and i always think that's fun yeah speaking
1: of um so well, there's that i've uh, got two gotcha. more things to talk about another one another quick one is um so netflix is another netflix thing is making a, uh, a live-action Masters of the Universe movie, so He-Man, if you don't know. And I, that's been announced for a while. I thought that some other company had it for a while, and then maybe Netflix took it over. I might be misremembering that, but the story this time is that they've, uh, they've cast uh, Kyle Allen to play He-Man. Uh, all the things, I've not seen anything. It, I see all the mentions just say he was in West Side Story, and I'm assuming that's the new one. But um, I would hope so. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure, I I haven't seen anything talk about if he's playing He-Man or if he's playing Adam, because they're not the same. So I'm not really sure, I would guess, just by the look of him, that he'd probably be the one playing Adam, and that they might, you know, like, fucking CGI bulk him out in some way to make him play, to make him be He-Man. You'd know, have to, but... like,
2: go with CGI to make He-Man simply because, <clears throat> like, you know, with, like, that really bad live-action He-Man movie. Right, it would either be
1: that or, like, do the, you know, the whole Chris Evans Captain America thing and, and CGI him down to be Adam, depending on which one of them actually has more screen time.
2: You know, they once had Dolph Lund- Lundgren play He-Man, yeah. and everyone was like, he's not jacked enough to play He-Man, and, yeah. like, <laughs> my God, Dolph Lundgren? Dol- yeah. Dolph Lundgren fl- played He-Man and it's like he wasn't jacked enough to play He-Man. In the last episode
1: play. of uh in the Toys that Made Us where they where they're like interviewing one of the guys who created He-Man, the one who's like really really toxically masculine in in like everything that he prioritizes. He's talking about like, and they cast this wimpy guy and play him. I'm like Dolph Lundgren. (laughs) My
2: dude, Dolph Lundgren once like uh, punched Sylvester Stallone in the chest uh, for for like a a movie and like the doctor thought he got hit by a car. That's how strong Dolph Lundgren is.
0: It's insane. Have you all watched Peacemaker yet? The yeah. sequels to Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah. It. it it's, you mean one, the it's really Suicide good. Squad? The Suicide Squad. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. I'd hate to get confused. It was uh, <laughs> one. It's surprisingly good. Uh, but two, I love that it opens up with somebody saying, "You're too bulky to be a superhero." They're never that jacked. And I'm just. <laughs> and this is just making me think, like, like sub John Cena slash The Rock. What do people think humans actually look like? I mean, yeah. if you're gonna cast someone as He Man, I don't know, man. I don't know. Just quick question. Also, Netflix—they're also—they've also done both of the recent animated He Man series, right? Yeah. Okay. So they're just um, on a He Man blitz.
1: Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then my last big story—questionably geek news, but certainly entertainment news. Um, on, I believe it was on the twenty fourth uh of january uh neil young announced that he was uh basically threatening spotify saying that he would have all of his music pulled off of the platform if they continued to host joe rogan in protest of you know all of joe rogan's like incessant vaccine hesitancy and misinformation that he puts out on his podcast which was uh which was like a big deal to like, sure have it's, a yeah, big entertainer, entertainer stuff, but... like. You know, basically, like removing their own revenue in yeah. in uh, in protest of this. And on. I'm not gonna lie,
0: I was like pretty like Neil Young is not a big enough name with yeah. younger people, yeah. I, and Spotify is, and Joe Rogan is, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know how much weight this is gonna carry. The, but, uh, yeah, I think the you can only probably way that weight. it was going
1: to carry weight, I think, is if other artists decide to join him. And as of you right know, now, the only other artist who's joined him is Joni Mitchell uh, as uh, of the 29th. Today,
0: Crosby, Sills, uh, and Nash uh, just uh, oh, tweeted really? today I didn't hear that. that That they're pulling it as well.
1: Good. Yeah, because, like, you know, it's one thing to be the the one person who does this, but I feel like it's easier yeah. the more and more people jump onto it. Because, like, you know, something that I I, heard talked about is, like, fans might not have even have, like, really considered it as, like, an option. So then, like, when they see, you know, whether they're big names now or used to be, whether they Mm. see creators, like, doing this, then I I feel like it could create this energy where if other artists that, like, you know put forward kind of progressive messaging and stuff like that don't do this mm-hmm. then their fan bases might be like yo you should uh, yeah are you gonna the, join in the or pressure
0: why? will will grow i the thing yeah. is i don't know how much you're gonna see younger artists do it just because i think yeah. very few artists of our generation and the one before us are uh, in that much control of their music and how their music yeah. is handled uh, yep. I, I imagine someone like a Taylor Swift might be able to pull it off, but I I don't just because she typically exercises that kind of control. But I have no idea what the contracts are on the back end. It's insane, yeah. um, and fucking the music industry at least, is fucked. It is generally speaking, but uh, some good news has already started coming out of this, which is at the very least Spotify has committed to implementing misinformation label. Systems yeah, but... regarding COVID 19, which does not fully address the issue. No. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, folks like The Rock come out in defense of Joe Rogan.
1: Yeah, that's rough.
0: During this, which is like, hey, dude, do you want that Moana money? Because if you don't stop, you might not keep getting that Moana money. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah,
1: it's just, I mean, it's just shitty in general because, like, I feel like the whole thing with Joe Rogan is that, like, he says a lot of things that are very misleading but he talks about it like so casually and somewhat charismatically that he's not like one of these like far-right figures that is uh, that is being like in your face obnoxious you know throwing shit at you it sounds like he's just having a conversation but then he said you know the things that he says are so misleading and debunked you know, time and time again, that it makes it I mean, sound he like did, he's, he's just did, saying, like, I, well, I'm just trying to show both sides. When I think one of the sides he's showing is just like definitively proven false. And it's I just think like, it's
0: a little dangerous to even write it off as that naive because yeah. he has actively promoted, you know, not getting vaccinated and fucking and what I- ivermectin or whatever.
1: I'm not saying he's he's naively doing it. I'm saying he comes yeah. off as doing it, which makes yeah. it more dangerous. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah.
0: No, I think you're right. <clears throat> a mis- misinformation labels can help they are an effective misinformation counter agent but maybe not to the scope of deplatforming which is a touchy subject for some people and joe rogan is maybe spotify's biggest financial haul yeah especially Uh, since they just spent like a
1: buttload of money to get him
0: (laughs) yeah and i mean if you if you look at you know the microsoft activision sort of deal damaged goods is still worth money so we'll fucking yeah. see uh,
1: yeah it's just interesting where it goes because like really like you know i i don't like foresee spotify doing it for any sort of like altruist or you know like any sort of like progressive yeah. reasons but if enough money. people like leave yep. the platform at a certain yeah. point like not that it'll come to this or is even likely to but at a certain point it'll be financially better for them to just like cut their losses with joe rogan which I think yeah. is what the hope is, even if that's as unlikely as that may be.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But I also didn't think that both Activision and Bungie would be acquired this month. No,
1: I don't either. But it's it's fucking, it's nice to hope about something, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty much all I had to talk about this month. A couple of cute all announcements, right. a few updates, and then that that story, which hopefully we'll hear more about in the future, but... Until then, yeah. That's, uh, that's my that my my bit. All right, All right,
0: Chowder, passing the ball to you.
2: Chowder, right. what do you so, have? So the first thing I want to talk about is a fan-made Bloodborne DMake. Uh, so can you can you define DMake for
0: those that may not know?
2: Like me. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, DMake isn't like any anything official. It's just like. You know how there are like remakes of video games where it's like oh yeah the graphics are better and it has like bells and whistles that are more modern. A, uh-huh. In this case a fat a fan by by the name of Lilith Walther has spent like 18 months uh, making a version of Bloodborne. Uh Bloodborne is a game that's uh that came out for the PlayStation 4. It is a Soulsborne-style game made by FromSoft. And uh, this fan has basically spent 18 months making a version of Bloodborne that looks, plays, sounds like it was made for the PlayStation 1. And that... (laughs) And, so and a D-Make that... is is like re- it, is making a yeah, game on it is, an older
0: platform. It is intentionally making a game like retro with older constraints, yeah, yeah. to make it seem like it came out in an older generation.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, that, I mean, this is a fucking weird reference that won't mean anything to either of you, but there was a, a third-party uh, toy company that did that for like Transformers one time, where they like made, made the retro new versions. original characters, but made them in the style of like the original like that's fun toys. Yeah.
2: yeah. That, that
1: reminds me of that.
2: Yeah. Like it's, paying it's,
1: homage it's, basically to the, the like yeah. old jankiness that is, you know, appealing yeah, for nostalgic it, reasons.
2: Yeah. It's, it's that kind of thought process, like, right. And uh, I've been following this project for a uh, while uh, and like, you know, it is really impressive what was accomplished. Cause like this, uh, like they nail it down to like the finest details right like it's not just like uh low poly models that are evocative of the PlayStation 1 these this is a game that could play on the PlayStation like it takes into account yeah, the cool. strange idiosyncrasies of the uh, original PlayStation and like you know like things like fonts uh the fact that yeah. there's no joystick because the original PlayStation didn't have have a joystick yeah uh, it's, so, it's so, easy
0: to forget that like you know 20 until 20 years ago consoles were like really scrapped together unique pieces of hardware because now they're all built out of the same sort of like stock chips or custom versions of off-the-shelf stuff back then consoles were all significantly different for important reasons and to build really tightly within those constraints is a really interesting challenge
2: yeah and and like uh, uh things like uh texture and sound quality and the fact that there's a fog in order to like save on like processing power because, you know, the PlayStation can't render too much stuff all at once. And, uh, and like, it is a faithful recreation of, of like blood from, uh, uh, translating a Bloodborne from its level design, gameplay mechanics to the game feel, uh, everything, uh, it... It very much feels like Bloodborne on PS One, and have you is... played the DMake? I have played the DMake. Yeah.
0: Oh man. Yeah. Would no, you it... say that it's like not for what it is, but like if if this was what Bloodborne was, uh, how do you enjoy it as a video game today, regardless of like the oh this is so interesting, but like is it still fun to play in the way that Bloodborne is?
2: It's still it's still fun to play, uh, uh, but. Oh, so like they're uh, so old games like the original Resident Evil, mm-hmm. uh, they are good, but they have like a sort of uh, uh they have like a sort of learning curve. Yeah, like, yeah. like a learning curve where it's like you kind of got to get get used to it and accept some of the jank of games to enjoy them but they are enjoyable uh the original silent hill is a terrifying game uh if you're willing to put up with tank controls and it's that same kind of vibe where it's like if you're willing to put up with old school jank which i i I very much am because i like old games it is it is a really enjoyable game and like i imagine like in an alternate universe where this was like uh what came out on the playstation it would be considered like one of the greatest yeah. games of all time because yeah
0: I, that's the benefit of applying an, an additional 25 years of, of improvement in game design philosophy to an old yeah. system instead of it, tools yeah exactly. again
2: kind of like cuphead interesting yeah, yeah kind of like cuphead yeah exactly and uh you know uh the game only goes up to a certain part or the make only goes up to a certain part in the original game like the demake mm-hmm. uh, i think ends after the father gasquan
0: yeah we all know what that is right jeff <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, you know, that, that oh, classic really time that love, I know about.
0: Lo- love, love Papagassi.
2: You don't even need to know that. It's just there's a certain point, that, there's a certain <laughs> cutoff point that the yeah, game... I got you. ...that the demake sto- stops. Uh, there's a certain boss fight that the D Make stops because, you know, it'd be way too much work Ooh. for one person. Oh, by the way, this is made by one person. Uh, yeah,
0: which this, is <laughs> incredible.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, um... This has
1: nothing to do with Bloodborne, but I just noticed that uh, because I'm in an echoey bathtub and uh, I'm getting pretty hungry, I think my stomach gurgles just like visibly showed up on the levels on my recording.
2: (laughs) That's hilarious. But but yeah, yeah, it uh, reaches up to a certain boss fight and ends there because, you know, it'd be way too much for one person to try to recreate a whole ass RPG or action RPG. but like, yeah, no, what was accomplished here is I uh, I've said it again, really fucking amazing. And I just think it's the coolest book. Yeah. The next yeah, thing that's I wanna really cool. it's just like a really neat
1: way to like make a fucking like personal love letter to both the game itself and also like the the platform that you're kind of emulating. Like that's just yeah. a really cool idea.
2: Yeah, exactly. The next thing I wanna talk about is uh something that was announced actually a few hours ago. Uh which is uh, Yacht Club, a uh, new game that they announced on Kickstarter. Mina the Hollower, and for those of you who don't know, Yacht Club, Yacht, yeah, Yacht Club game it are the people who made Hollow Knight, or not Hollow Knight, not. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. Shovel no. Knight. Shovel I was Knight. About, uh, Shovel Knight. <laughs> I was about to say if they are doing anything other than making Silk Song, I'm going to rage. Riot.
2: Yeah, no, no. They're <laughs> they're the guys who made Shovel Knight, a really. He, uh, a really oh, popular like a really popular uh 2d platformer uh because uh, and like so shovel knight was like a love later to old nes games where shovel knight like wanted to recreate the uh wants wanted to recreate the feel of like old 2d platforming games like uh, uh Mega Man, the uh ducktales video game and Ninja Gaiden and stuff, uh, Mina the Hollower is looking to do the same for like, uh, what Mina the Hollower is, is kind of like a cross between old classic Castlevania, not the Metroidvania stuff, but like the classic obstacle-based Castlevania games and like Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. It, it is a top-down uh adventure game done in the style of like uh, a Game Boy or Game Boy Color. And it should be noted, it's like, In the style of those games, because, like, it's using, like, tech and technology that uh, the Game Boy wouldn't have been able to. But, you know, the idea is they're trying to recreate the feel. uh, The way you remember it, rather than the way it actually was. Different kind of philosophy (laughs) from, say, the Bloodborne remake, where it's like, yeah, we're going to be, like, accurate as shit. but, But, yeah, Mina the Hollower looks pretty darn cool. It's got, like, this adorable little mouse protagonist and like, uh, the game gameplay, like the action does feel like it takes a lot of emphasis on like timing and like knowing the, uh, knowing the timing of your weapons and stuff, which is a very Castlevania kind of thing. But like Mm -hmm. the overall game is a very much exploration, uh, heavy puzzle solving kind of thing that's in line with like legend of zelda link's awakening legend of zelda oracles oracle of seasons and oracle of age and uh and like it is one a really good looking game in that it feels like a game or it does in fact feel like a game boy game just nicer as it were you know uh when this was announced uh people were really interested because like this is the first non-shovel knight thing Yacht Club game has been making and uh you know uh it's only been a few hours but it is already at it's already almost at five hundred thousand dollars way past their uh a goal of three hundred and eleven thousand dollars uh nice. right as of this recording it is at four four hundred and eighty five thousand dollars and we still got like 29 days to go you know so like Do you have any shit, good stretch I, goals there are stretch goals yeah uh but yeah no i could easily see this going past like a million dollars you know uh right now the current stretch goals are at 511,000 there's uh a sound test 661,000 there's cheat codes the others are a mystery right now as as of recording this. Sound test. I haven't
0: heard that term in a video game in like 20 years.
2: Yeah, no, again, this is... there. <laughs> like, Jakob is very good at, like, creating the feel of, like, old school yeah. games while not necessarily adopting their flaws. Like, the great thing about Shovel Knight is, you know, while it is a love letter to old, old platformers, it's also its own thing, right? Like, they're not yeah. just... It's not just about reference. Like they have an idea of their own beyond Oh, weren't th- wasn't the past a good time? And Mina the Hollower seems to be going down that path as well, where it's like, Yeah, this is an homage to old Game Boy games.
0: Yeah just don't have to be all driven by nostalgia. It can be yeah. actively trying to resuscitate value.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not just about nostalgia, although it is it, it, it partly it, is, sure. It yeah. partly is, <laughs> but yeah. like it's also like, hey, I've got my it, it they've got their own ideas, their own own things they wanna do. In and like this is and like these old school styles are more a medium for them to express that rather than just a, a style that they recreate because nostalgia and yeah, yeah. you club game. Fucking great. Shovel Knight games. Really fucking good. Mina hall. Mina, the hollower looking really good. It's already succeeded. So yeah. Uh, the cool. next, the next thing I wanted to talk about was, is uh, uh, what is a little more sad uh the tennis the state of Tennessee has has chosen to ban uh, the comic Mouse from schools and for oh, those of yeah, you don't Jesus. for those who don't know Mouse is a comic about uh, the Holocaust like it is a very dark story about the dark reality of the Holocaust and uh, you know it it's,
0: Didn't they announce the ban on on Holocaust Remembrance Day or yes. something? Oh it was my
2: God. Un, <laughs> yeah.
0: like an unbelievable act of book-burning style fervor.
2: Yeah, like, it, it is dark because, like, our, the Tennessee banning this book is messed up because, like... They're
0: banning it from schools, right? Like, just to be clear, it that's, from that's the context? Yeah,
2: yeah. they're yeah. banning it from schools, and uh, they... And that's not good because, you know, people need to learn about the Holocaust, the dark realities of it, so that hopefully we don't recreate that. But, like, you know, so many states have decided, oh, critical race theory, quote-unquote, is uh, a bad thing. Let's get rid of anything. But,
0: hey, the official reason that mouse was banned from public schools was because of its unnecessary portrayal of nudity. So, Fuck. you know, gotta give him, gotta give him that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I, I know. I know. know. Just, <laughs> okay.
0: I did not want there to be any missed subtext with that statement.
2: Yeah. No fair. Who am I, Whoopi Goldberg? Subtext is dead. (laughs) Day and age. Uh, It's just some white people
1: being like fighting other white people. That's all the Holocaust was.
0: No, no, it's about man's humanity. She's about to be in Star Trek again, and I was so pumped, and now I'm like, oh, what's this going to turn into? Damn. Yeah, Yeah.
2: exactly. But yeah, so the book Mouse is about, like, well, it's about the author of the book, Art Spiegelman, uh, uh, talking to his dad about his exp- his personal experience go yeah uh, about his personal experiences going through the hol- uh, going through the holocaust and surviving through it and like you know his as his dad goes through recounts his experience there is one uh, uh it analyzes his own relationship to his dad in the present day or the present day as it was when the book was made uh and like how his dad's experiences has colored that as well as just the horrifying reality of one of the darkest things mankind has ever done and Mm -hmm. and also like it is unambiguously a very jewish story uh and uh yeah this is i mean what what else is there to say tenet this is just I mean, a... and
0: Tennessee is not the only state in the United States trying to push bans on things that discuss, you know, the problematic Anything. things that <laughs> humanity has done regarding race in the past. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, any any so... First
2: Nation person can tell you about how America is trying to erase the horrifying things done to the Native Americans, the First yeah. Nation people. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, like,
1: it's all disguised under this like. Well, we don't want to just teach kids to feel bad for being white. It's just like, dog, it's not... No. That I was taught all this really. shit
0: <laughs> I don't feel bad for being white I'll tell you that right now I feel bad for being me That's it's. I have my own problems <laughs> thank you very much there are plenty of ways to fuck me up and you huh. did it without that one
1: And like, but you know, hey on the bright side of this story didn't the book like fucking skyrocket to the yeah, Amazon top of the list that? yeah that? sure but,
2: look we're talking about kids here kids don't have no, a lot of sure. a yeah. lot of like free- kids don't have freedom a lot of Amazon gift a- cards uh, kids don't have a lot of freedom to who seek this out. They either have like parents looking over their shoulders and thus they, uh, or just like might not be aware of the book and, you know, yeah. lack of accessibility or they don't have the money to buy a comic. Cause you know, not all kids live in, in good financial conditions. Uh, so yeah. like not n- the fact that this book is not accessible is bad like not all kids have have a car ride to the library for example so like you know it means more people in the dark about History and thus more of history repeating itself.
0: Yep. Yep. And not in the good way that we've been saying with this remake and remake culture. That's the good way of history repeating itself. <laughs> yeah, please, this is this one. Guys, or trust or me. Trust me. Cost. This one's bad. We don't need a remake.
2: It's yep. uh, it's man. rough. Yeah, I guess that is the uh, uh, sort of soft theme of this episode: history repeating. Yeah, yeah
0: for better for Worse or for Mouse. Um, I think that for the sake of time, yeah. I'm going to push us into the rating section. That's fair.
2: Those are the big ones I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's also the Scott Pilgrim anime series that's in development oh, yeah. at Netflix. Oh, that's that cool. That, that sounds pretty rad, but we don't know much about it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, I that's think, really
0: what is it? The original author and I think Edgar Wright are both producing. Is the oh, author Edgar writing Wright. it or is I he producing? Awesome.
2: Uh, Yeah. Cr- or, the original remember. author, Brian Lee O'Malley, is a part of it producing it uh are they fucking gonna have uh yeah well i mean (laughs) the original creators of uh, michael Sarah.
0: i don't think so i don't think they've announced any casting but i'd be very surprised so would
2: i but that would be
1: funny (laughs) that would be funny
0: it's not always a good thing because the original producers are involved in how i met your father and uh, much like the first season of how i met your mother uh mixed bag so far we'll see if it becomes endearing i don't yeah. know not always necessarily the best side yeah i mean but let move yeah. into the ratings okay
2: yeah sorry
0: <laughs> no that's fine i dragged it on longer than i should have <laughs> In our editor's room, and we are going to assess the I stories that bathtub, we have brought. Sir. We are we are in Jeff's editing bathtub, all spreading diseases amongst each other, uh, in these historically turbulent times, uh, and we're we're doing this. We're sacrificing our well-being, personal space. In and these clean historically for repetitive
2: you. times, you could historically say. Historically
0: <laughs> repetitive times. Um, we're gonna try to figure out what we think is the most interesting, impactful story of all the geek news from January 2021. Uh, 2022, that's the second time that I've said the wrong year. Um, in like the last two episodes, so, might be. But here we go. Let's do it. We're each gonna nominate a story, and then we're gonna try to come to a consensus. If you're gonna walk away from this episode talking one story about your friends to make yourself seem smarter or (laughs) geekier, I don't know then what is that gonna be and I'm gonna nominate it's the biggest in every possible fucking regard Microsoft buy Activision Blizzard King who else remembered that Activision didn't just own Blizzard but also King like what the fuck I forgot that but no it's 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 huge in size it's an unprecedented cash buy it it reshapes so much of the gaming industry even if you just look at this from like the, the internal politics of Microsoft and Activision, it's interesting and then its implications beyond that are like potentially amazing, likely awful. Um mm-hmm. we just don't we just don't know what it's going to be yet. We don't even know if the deal's going to be approved, but it is audacious and earth-shaping in a very strange way. Uh so and given how much we've been talking about Activision over the last 6 months, it is such a strange development that I did not expect. It makes sense in hindsight, but I didn't yeah. think that the new Activision story this month was going to be they they sold in the whole thing. I it's just that's my nomination
1: yeah i'm i'm probably gonna go that way too i'm tempted to say the neil young thing but i, I feel like that only barely qualifies as any it sort of it could get a lot
0: bigger i want to yeah. keep my finger on that one too that could blow up yeah, yeah
1: but keyword is could so yeah i, I yeah. think yeah i'm probably with you and in, in microsoft buying uh, buying Activision, or I guess I mean, if we wanted to fucking lump them all together, we could
2: just say, like, all the huge fucking, you know.
0: This was a month of acquisitions. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah so the one I'm most like, uh, or that's like my favorite is, well, the Bloodborne remake because that's just pretty.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool.
2: The most I'm concerned yeah, very about. Cool. Yeah, the one I'm most concerned about is yeah. Mouse getting banned. Uh, yeah. But, like, in overall impact, I give it to Microsoft buying
0: Aklia. Ac- yeah. yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with everything you just said. I think the Make tickles me in a fun way that those projects always do. Mouse is just a horrifying, concerning development um, amid many in the global yeah. geopolitical climate. Uh and Activision buying Microsoft is just it's so big. Like, you what mean Microsoft fuck? buying
1: Activision?
0: <laughs> yep, yeah. what did I say? Acquisition? You said
1: Activision buying Microsoft.
0: <laughs> Which would be is that, more fun. That would be up. That would be much more surprising. That would like, be worse. Like, how did you that,
2: pull that one off? <laughs> Wait a yeah. minute!
0: You're telling me that World of Warcraft is gonna make Microsoft Office 365? Oh no!
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh god, the and
1: Microsoft! I fucking... I long for a day where not only will Activision not be a contender for our news for the month, but won't even make it to the news in, the, in, in a given it's, month for this podcast.
0: Been, it's been fucking nutty, dude. They've been doing so much big shit. I know I talked a lot about Halo recently. Oh, we also got new trailer for the Halo show. There's, like, a lot of Halo-specific stuff that's been going on, but it's just, like, this is... Like, it's not... If you just think about it, this is not just, like, Xbox had $68 billion sitting around. This is Microsoft. Xbox is not where they make most of their money. And they're spending half their war chest on video games which I mean, which is just a sign of where things are going for Microsoft what? it's, it's nuts
2: hold on a sec i i kind of imagine with like how big microsoft is what they bought uh, what they bought activision blizzard with is kind of a drop in the bucket big it's it it is, is, it, is yeah. ha-
0: it is half of their cat on hand cash that which is granted half,
2: they spent half their on on hand cash yeah on activision which granted plus. is
0: yeah it's like granted that is not the best metric of like like relative worth because the company itself is worth what it's it's over a trillion dollars right now so 60 billion compared to that you're right is a drop in the bucket if we're talking like net assets and market valuation but in terms of like raw liquid capital half of it just went to them that's wild yeah it's crazy that it's is crazy. That
2: is crazy, yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so yeah, that's the that's the story to keep an eye on of all the many, like I said fucking crazy month. What a, what a whiz-bang of a month for so many reasons. And uh, and I hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about it. I like that we had like a pretty in-depth chat about almost everything on this list, too. So hopefully you walk away knowing a little bit more, being a little bit smarter, a little geekier. And uh, that's going to do it for us. That about wraps it up. We're going to be back in a couple weeks with a regular-ass book club episode where we break down a single topic in detail. And then again at the beginning of March to recap what happened in February. I imagine... We will have some follow-ups on what's been going on this month. I've been Colin. I've been hosting. Uh, like I said, I've been sick for the last week. It's not hit me that hard, but I'm a sleepy boy, so I'm about to go to sleep. Who are you guys? How you doing?
1: I've been Jeff. Uh, if you want to find me anywhere, you can find me in my bathtub or on, <laughs> my, uh, on my YouTube channel where I, do, uh, where I do toy reviews. That's Alchemist Prime Reviews. Um, and, uh, yeah. I, I would like to get out of this bathtub pretty soon because it is hard yeah. and my butt hurts.
0: Let's 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 save Jeff's butt and get him out of the tub.
1: Save my butt. Make it a hashtag save Jeff's butt.
0: Hi? <laughs> uh, Jeff, I'm... there were so many episode titles before this. Why did you do that? Why did you do that?
2: <laughs> Damn, I mean it. I still I still think stuff that came before are still better titles than Save My Butt.
0: But hashtag save Jeff's butt?
2: I, I stand by what I say, but yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh i hi i'm timel chowdery or chatter whichever you prefer uh you can find me on twitter at timel chowder you can also find me on the sister podcast dice populi where i'm running the current story arc and uh yeah no it's pretty fucking wild i i think i'm we, pretty proud of it uh I'm we just
0: dropped a banger a yeah. banger of an episode oh, today yeah, no, which was bang. a real pain in the ass to put together not really chowder's fault on that front but, uh but, but good, yeah, time. No, good time good time to listen it. to don't say
2: anything yeah no i won't say a thing won't say anything but i'm happy with it i'm happy with how the players are doing in it so yeah no pretty rad stuff i'm
0: happy that i'm not editing that episode
2: anymore <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh yeah but uh yeah you know uh, i'm gonna go back to playing pokemon uh <laughs> before uh world war three starts because as we learned history repeats itself in many ways both good and bad uh so ciao bye I didn't even say
0: what the hell's wrong with me oh it's COVID that's what's wrong I said it yeah you did but I went in the car This episode of the Comment Briefing Program was hosted by me, Colin. I was joined by Jeff and Chowder, as is the usual. Day late and the dollar short seems to be sort of my deal lately uh if only I wasn't always sick we'll be back in a couple weeks with a regular book club episode in the meantime you can go check out common if you're like in a podcast rut and you don't know what to listen to we've got three shows right there I've also done some work for the greatest discovery and the intelligence podcast so a couple other things you could get uh, get in your ears if you're super interested but I guess I just want to say thank you for listening to this and uh, we'll see you in the next episode maybe hear you you'll hear us that one
2: yeah, but like, you know, I. Th-
0: well, Chatter, some of it up for you? Uh, yeah, he yeah,
1: is. I yeah, might have just probably... talked straight over him because I thought he stopped talking. Microwave? <laughs> no, he
0: didn't. Me too. Chatter said. Is... Hey Chatter, is someone microwaving something over there?
2: Yeah, I guess some. That's been a pretty consistent problem
0: in in many recordings. Chatter, you're cutting
2: in and out. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) uh, Anyway, so what I was (laughs) saying, I like I can't tell when he's just like stop talking
1: because he's confused about what we're laughing about, or if he's just like cutting (laughs) it.
0: Um, I am messaging him to get his attention. I'm trying so hard, Jeff, I promise. Oh boy, it's fun. Chowder, can you hear Chowder! He could at least type back, which is what's interesting, because he's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm gonna use this option to adjust by myself now. in
1: this bathtub,
0: because my tailbone is hurting. <laughs> I forgot you were in a fucking bathtub.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, there he <laughs> goes. Well, okay, well, he's dropped from that. So... Oh, Oh. he's back. Let's see if this resolves it. Probably not. Uh, That was very quick. So uh, he might have to restart the Discord app, I'm guessing. Chowder.
1: Chowder.
0: Not a great sign.
1: See, it's always hard to see when Chowder is talking because his Discord symbol is green.
0: So when the little green
2: circle pops up, it's hard to see.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'm glad I'm not alone in
2: that one. That is a Uh, frustration. I'll get an actual profile pic Some. Hey, he's back. I mean... Maybe not for long. Somebody might microwave something else. So, but but. But yeah,
0: that was that like a full lean cuisine? That was the biggest interruption yet. I
1: don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, have fucking fun (laughs) editing that together to be coherent.
0: Oh, I don't need to. That's post credits. Done.